Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Wrestling Wash with Bathtub Baldwin. I am, of course, the host of this lovely program. I am Caleb Baldwin. And tonight, today rather, today, May 10th, I will be doing these following things for you. I will be naming the Impact Player of the Month of April 2018. I will also be naming the Impact Match of the Month for the same month. Along with that, I will be doing a full review of Pinta Does Iowa, which was co-branded from the Wrestling Revolver and Impact Wrestling, as, long, as well as, pardon me, as well as naming an Impact match for you to go back and watch from yesteryear. And it is a hoot, I tell you. It happened in May of a year that you will find out later. So, yeah, you'd be excited for that. And uh, right now I'm just going to get through these plugs because, quite frankly, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of things going on here at Social Suplex. You know, big things popping, little things stopping. Okay, so first of all, you can read my impact reports, which will be coming back tonight, actually. Pardon me, uh, tomorrow, rather. Um, impact report, report of honor, also making a return very shortly on socialsuplex.com. Along with that, we have various writers on there, Taven Carson, um, Brian Kinsella, Jeremy Donovan, I believe Rance Morris writes on there on occasion as well. There's a lot of writers there, so I'm not going to try and remember all of them, and I'm sorry to those of you that I forgot. It's nothing personal. Along with that, you can listen to this, of course, if you if you are. You obviously know how, but I'm going to tell you anyway, damn it. That's going to happen. Okay. Um, Social Suplex Podcast Network. That is what you need to type into the search bar of what Ever, whatever app you use to download podcasts, wherever you can give the, this podcast a five-star review, please do that. That would help us out a lot, and we would love you for it. I mean, hell, I might even marry you if you're rich enough. I don't know. I'm trying to be a, you know, I'm trying to find a sugar mama. But hey, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> there are a lot of shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Of course, we got the OG show. One Nation Radio with Rich Latta. We've got Keeping It Strong Style. That's our New Japan show, hosted by Jeremy Donovan and Josh Smith. Along with that, we've got the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Again, I previously mentioned uh, Clive, rather, Brian Kinsella. Sorry, giving away kayfabe names, I guess, but hell, it's on the Wrestling Squared Circle, which is of our Facebook group. If you're not in it, please join it. We've got admins, and I'm sure they would love to have you. Along with that, we've got other shows as well. The Outsider's Edge, hosted by my good buddies Rance Morris and Carl Irvin, formerly of the SMC Wrestling Podcast, which, of course, I was the other third of. Along with that, of course, our newest podcast. This is Indie-Centric. It's hosted by Chris Bryan and Jeremy Tate, a.k.a. James Vanderbeek. You know, he's got that gimmick on Twitter where he makes the puns out of the wrestlers' names. Amazing stuff. It really is. And that podcast is called Grown Men Watch This Shit question mark yeah that's what that's what it's called that's the name of the podcast guys okay so i'm just gonna get right into it okay because i'm never the type to you know posture or, or whatever i, I don't want to take all your time because i know y'all are busy it, it's just it is what it is you guys get you got bills to pay you got you know cats to feed dogs to feed whatever kind of pet you have maybe you got an iguana i don't know but along with that I'm going to name the Impact Match of the Month for April 2018. That is, that is of course, the main event from Redemption. You've got the former, now former champion, Austin Aries, against the 
now current champion Pentagon Jr. and Penta's brother, Ray Phoenix. And this match from, from start to finish was just amazing. Um, hardly, you know, any lulls in there at all. And of course we got to see the arm break spot from Pinta like we always do. And that's always nice. And you always wonder, okay, how do they fake that? How, how do they gimmick that? What's the deal there? And, and if anyone wants to, to let me know, I would appreciate that. But again, Pinta did not stop there. He had to win the title somehow, some way. So he did the Pentagon driver, AKA the package pile driver for those of you that know it by its proper name, quote unquote. And Pentagon became the new world champion, which to me is pretty phenomenal that that happened in one night. Now, those of us that follow spoilers know that, you know, maybe something happened that maybe this didn't quite, you know, get the chance to, I don't know, get a, get a fair shake, but you know, to each their own. And maybe some people agree with the decision. I, I mean, I guess we'll have to see, you know, how it plays out. So let's, let's give that a chance as well. Cause I know I will. I'm going to keep an open mind with this. However, when I was naming the impact player of the month, that's, that's a nice little pun. Don't you think? When I was named the Impact Player of the Month for April 2018, it really it came down to one guy. Because while I considered Pentagon Jr. for, you know, again, winning the title in his first night in the Impact Zone, which, wow. And Brian Cage, who has been an undefeated monster, but really not a lot for us to sink our teeth into because he hasn't been given a lot, you know? He's, he's booked in these glorified squashes, and probably his toughest challenge so far was the six-man scramble at um at redemption and he still dominated so let's see uh let's see some real challenges there and see the growth of brian cage because he's honestly he's one of my favorite guys from lucha underground he really is he's very good very talented but those of you watching probably already knew that but even still my impact player of the month it came down to one man it came down to eddie edwards just for the character development alone, for those of you that might be uninitiated somehow, Eddie Edwards at Redemption in the House of Hardcore match with OVE, the Chris Brothers, and Sammy Callahan against Eddie Edwards, Moose, and Tommy Dreamer, the hardcore icon, hardcore legend, whatever you want to call him. They lose via roll-up. But that, that, that wasn't the story here. The story here was that after the match, Eddie Edwards tied Sammy Callahan to the ring with duct tape to the ring rope, the duct tape rather, and just took him to town. Just grabbed a, grabbed a kendo stick and beat the ever-loving crap out of Sammy Callahan. And after that, of course, um, a ref tried to stop him. That didn't work. He got a kendo stick for his trouble. Um, Jake Christ took uh, the time and effort to try and stop Eddie. That didn't work. He got a kendo stick for his trouble. Tommy Dreamer tried to stop him, but Tommy, you know, fortunately came to his front to try and stop him, but Eddie pushed him off. After that, of all people, Alicia, who's been stalked previously by Eddie, or by Sammy Callahan, rather, uh, came out to stop Eddie, but she <laughs> tried to grab him by the shoulder, and Eddie swung and <laughs> hit the crap out of her. Hit her, like, probably more so on the shoulder than the head, to be honest with you. But right with that kendo stick, right over the dome piece. And that's when Eddie, you know, got knocked out of his trance. And these past couple weeks, we've seen a crazy Eddie. Just a purely crazy Eddie. He's somewhere between 
Harvey Dent after the explosion and Charles Bronson, pardon me. And for that reason and that reason alone, Eddie Edwards is my Impact Player of the Month because for the first time, he's not just a white meat babyface as he has always been. And quite frankly, I think he did pretty well as a white meat babyface considering, you know, that's not a role that usually succeeds in <laughs> in 2018. But, you know, he seemed to make it work. But now he's getting a chance to be more of a, I, I don't know, more of a character for some people to sink their teeth into. Because, again, there are some people that just didn't get into Eddie Edwards. Again, I was not one of those people, but that's whatever. Now, I'm going to go right into it, guys. Pinta does Iowa. This show, just by the card that I saw, the matches that I saw, if you just show me them on paper... I would assume this had a lot of potential, and hey, maybe I'll see some of these guys that I haven't heard, and you know, maybe they'll really impress me. Let's see what goes on. But the first thing, and it's hard for me to get past, because for the first, I don't know, 10 minutes, you could barely hear the show. There were audio issues throughout the show. Um, apparently, the commentary didn't realize this, because when, during ring introductions, even, they wouldn't say anything. We couldn't hear the, the ring intros, because the mics... So, I mean, other than the people that I knew, like, I knew Shane Strickland and Jason Cade. I've seen them wrestle before. And I knew Famous B, of course, because I've seen two and a half seasons of Lucha Underground. But, like, the Knight Riders, I didn't know. The Dirty, I didn't know. I don't know them by name. <laughs> Zero Gravity, I don't know them by name. So, just referring to them by team names was not a good decision on commentary's part. And, first of all, I want to get some a little bit more of the negativity out of the way. Sanjay Dutt. In my opinion, and you know, maybe I'm being a little harsh because I've never been behind the booth or, or whatever, but Sanjay Dutt was at an all-time low on this show, in my opinion, to the point where when Jake Manning would come out later, <laughs> he wouldn't shut up accusing Josh Matthews of being a Boy Scout, and Josh had to had to reiterate to him, Boy Scouts don't sell cookies. Which I don't know, I don't know why Sanjay assumed that they did, but you know it's whatever because you know those are Girl Scouts. You know everyone knows, man, or everyone except Sanjay apparently. But either way, negativity is out of the way. Stream was, you know, the the quality of the stream was not at its best. In fact, there was a point during one match where it would drop out. That was not not fun for me as I was watching on demand, and I wonder like why they split the stream up. What's going on? And then you know, it made a lot more sense when I turned on the second part, and this one match was just missing a chunk of it. But, you know, it is what it is. Okay, so, in, in more detail, the first match of the night was Jason Cade with Famous B against Shane Strickland, a.k.a. Swerve, a.k.a. Killshot on Lucha Underground. And, first of all, I want to say, I have here in my notes, um, at one point, Shane Strickland no-sold a reverse Frankensteiner where he got dropped right on his head. Wasn't really a fan of that. However, later on in the match, um, let me see here. The swerve stomp. The swerve stomp. The double stomp onto Jason Cade, who was prone, like, split halfway on the steel guardrail. That was amazing. That was highly entertaining. The finish would would see um, Famous B crotch Shane Strickland on the top rope, and, and Jason Cade landed Black Magic, which was basically, he sets up for the um, he sets up for the schoolboy, and he counters that into, or pardon me, he, he transitions that into Shane Strickland landing on his head, you know, dro dropping um, Shane Strickland's head into 
into the floor. And he then pins him after that. And that that's black magic. Um, I gave that match 3.25 stars. It was a good, it was a decent start, you know, it's a decent start. And I would watch it again. Sure. Uh, Jason Cade, I'd like to see him in impact. I, I would definitely love to see Shane Strickland. Some people have went as far to say Shane Strickland was their, uh, their 2017 wrestler of the year. Shout out to Will Washington on that one. Um, <laughs> the next match was, this was the three way I was talking about where they didn't mention the team, the team names or pardon me. They didn't mention the wrestlers names. They just mentioned the team names. So there wasn't a lot to sink into. Uh, it saw the dirty who they wore masks that looked like they were out of the purge, which, you know, that's fine. That's whatever. Um, Zero Gravity, a couple of uh, high-flying uh, gringos <laughs> from Chicago, Illinois, and the Night Riders. One was a hoss, and one was just kind of, eh, kind of skinny fat. But, you know, it is what it is. I I'm not here to judge anyone's appearance, honestly, because if you've seen me, you'd understand. So I'm not here to judge anyone's appearance. But that being said, this was a tornado tag as well. This is uh, as it would happen. Either way, because the referee didn't try to stop anyone from just coming into the ring. So I can only assume this was a tornado tag or the referee was just kayfabe very bad at his job. Also, um, at one point, <laughs> the hoss from from Knight Riders does a suicida and <laughs> he gets caught. But then his tag partner comes out and dives on everyone from from the nearest top rope. That was an amazing spot. Um, again, commentary didn't do a very good job of mentioning the names of the competitors. That was not appreciated for me. This is very much a sprint finish. See the dirty win when they hit a double DDT. The smaller half of Knight Riders, the skinny fat guy uh, who was on his knees at the time. I gave that two and a half stars. Um, again, not not the best effort I've seen. Although, you know, sometimes those, you know, three team, four team, whatever, you know, tag matches, they can be very, you know, kind of tricky to work. So I'm not, you know, I'm not here to just condemn them as like, Oh, they're terrible wrestlers. They're this, that, the other. Okay. And the next match was actually Jessica Havoc versus Taya Valkyrie. And before the match, we could actually hear commentary, like kind of hear a little bit of commentary in the background, talking to a producer about uh, the quality of the stream and how they're working on the, uh, they're working on the audio. So guys, they're, they're working on the audio. It's cool. They're going to get it together. Jessica Havoc versus uh, Taya Valkyrie. Jessica Havoc, of course, um, I believe still dating Sammy Callahan. I can only assume that's why she's booked on the show. Part of the, part of the reason, because I've seen Jessica Havoc before. She's very talented. Jessica Havoc, Taya Valkyrie. Jessica Havoc was over like Rover as a babyface in front of the Des Moines, Iowa crowd. Um, Taya Valkyrie, not so much, of course, because she's facing, uh, of course, Sammy Callahan's girlfriend. Uh, there was a double big boot spot on the apron, and Jessica Havoc actually landed right on the floor. And the floor, there was no padding on the floor. So she just, her head, like, just hit the floor. I think after her back, hopefully. But, uh, pardon me. After her back, uh, thankfully. And, you know, that was appreciated. But that spot was scary. Still was. Uh, I noticed Havoc does the broski boot. Jessica Havoc does the broski boot. That was only good for two. She hit a big German suplex on Taya as well. That was only good for two. Um, and then eventually she goes for a tombstone, but pardon me, before she goes for a tombstone, there is a point where Taya is prone against the ring post on the outside of the ring. Jessica Havoc is going to chop her chest against the ring post. 
and Taya moves. We would see this spot multiple times, and I feel like the wrestlers should have communicated that to each other. That was kind of a, a misstep, in my opinion. You know, seeing that three times, two times in one night is whatever, but three times—that's you know—that's too much in my in my humble opinion. Who's that? You know, I've never bumped before, but whatever. <laughs> okay, and the finish comes when when Jessica Havoc goes for a tombstone pile driver, but Taya Valkyrie counters and gets a schoolgirl for the pin and the win, and Taya goes over. I give this match 2.75 stars. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I'm new to the whole star rating thing. Because it's always been kind of hard for me to, you know, really differentiate. What's a 3? What's a 3.25? What's a 3.5? You know, compared like, what's the differences there? But, you know, I'm trying this out. You know, y'all that have seen the show, let me know. Let me know if you agree. Let me know, you know, where you guys rank the show. Um, I or rank the matches on the show, how you rate them etc. Keep me in the loop on that, guys. I would appreciate it, you know? Not a lot of people keep me in the loop on a lot of things, but if y'all could do that for me, that would be amazing. After this match, <laughs> Matthew Palmer comes out to defend the Matthew Palmer Open Scramble Championship in the Open Scram Matthew Palmer Open Scramble Championship Challenge. That's a lot. That's a mouthful. They made a point of that. It's, of course, Mr. Moon and he made a uh, he made a little bit of Twitter news a couple weeks ago for his uh, shirt that he has since taken down, and of course you cannot buy that shirt anywhere now as a result. Which, you know, whatever I wasn't going to buy it in the first place, but <laughs> that's wow, still kind of funny. Look, at, you know, looking back on it, and I can understand why people got offended. I really can. It's it's you know bad taste in my opinion. But anyway, this was an open challenge, which means. Matthew Palmer got eight challengers here. We had, of course, Gringo Loco. He's, you know, popular in the Midwest, but especially in Chicago. Airwolf, Sugar Duncan, Dunkerton, pardon me. I've seen him in multiple uh, freelance matches as well. Larry D, he was kind of older, kind of heavier, but he was really over with the Des Moines, Iowa crowd as well. Ace Austin, never seen him before. Chip Day, I've heard of him. I think I saw him at WrestleMania. It might have been at one of the sh WrestleMania weekend. Might have been at one of the shows I was kind of blitzed at, so I don't know. Dirty Andy Dalton, I've heard of him working shows here in Oklahoma as well. And, you know, he seems to be getting over pretty well just in, in general. And, of course, and this one kind of made me uncomfortable, to be honest with you, given um, developments of the past six months. Rich Swan, who was the pure baby face of this match. So it's easier for some people to get into Rich Swan than it is for me. If it is for you, I'm not judging you. You know, that's that's your prerogative. I'm not here to judge you. And this match was a this was a cluster. <laughs> By for all intents and purposes, this was a cluster. And like I said, the match was unfortunately it was a cluster. Um, what didn't help was that the stream actually went out. Sugar Dunkerton wanted to start a party, and all of a sudden a party was getting started and I see this this part of the episode has ended for some reason. I'm like, okay, that's weird. Wonder what happened. Why'd they split it up? What's going on? Come back. Party's long over. <laughs> just long over. And everyone's just kind of fighting around. Um, again, very much scramble type format. Not one of the best scrambles I've ever seen. I can't say it enough. This was a cluster. And the finish actually comes when Rich Swan lands a second rope Phoenix splash to Mr. Moon, a.k.a. Matthew Palmer. 
And after the match, Sammy Callahan actually comes to the ringside and gives everyone a, a standing ovation. Round of applause, raises the hand of Rich Swan. And Larry D comes back out after the match. Because again, Larry D was over like or over with this crowd. And maybe he's from Des Moines. I, I don't know. I can't, you know, really explain that. But they loved him. And <laughs> that was amazing to me. Um, and uh, after that, actually, we go to intermission. And uh, I only catch a little bit of the intermission because I'm not going to watch like a full intermission. This I, w- I was watching this at three o'clock in the morning. Okay, so I'm not going to watch full intermission. But one thing I did notice was they were the commentary duo of Josh Matthews and Matt Seidel, or pardon me, Sanjay Dutt, <laughs> were tripping over themselves trying to remember what X Division champion Matt Seidel was doing, which he's in a six man tag later on, and that was that was very fun. I'll talk about that you know soon. But the next match after the intermission was Jake Manning versus Tommy Dreamer. And again, this was when Sanjay was at his worst during the show. Because Jake Manning comes out, Sanjay calls Josh a Boy Scout, and he makes fun of him, says, um, says, like, oh, did you did you sell cookies from door to door? Did you have your mommy help you sell cookies from door to door? He's kind of bullying him, which uh, if you've seen Josh Matthews on Twitter, it's especially a few years ago. It's kind of hard to sympathize with him, but wasn't it all here? You know, Sanjay Dutt made it very easy to sympathize with Josh Matthews of all people. But you know, that's taken away from the match. Okay, the the match. You know, we the, we get the entrances, and then Jake Manning he grabs a microphone and says that unfortunately, you know, maybe there was a mistake in the paperwork, but he didn't sign on to wrestle a House of Hardcore match. That didn't happen. And so, you know, he's going to leave because, sorry, Tommy, you know, I'm not going to make you do that. I know you love hardcore wrestling. I'm not going to force you to wrestle another style. I'm not going to force you to wrestle catch as catch can. And so when Jake is leaving, Tommy grabs a mic and says, I will wrestle your boring catch as catch can style. And I'm not exaggerating when I say they went like a full like five, six minutes of just catch as catch can. And they they're doing holds and. I'm not, you know, I'm not necessarily all that interested in seeing Tommy Dreamer do holds in 2018. <laughs> but, so yeah, it starts off slow. And eventually Tommy Dreamer introduces weapons. And at one point, an, a ladder gets brought in. And Jake Manning starts climbing the ladder with his back to Tommy Dreamer when he does a trust fall. A trust fall. And inadvertently, Tommy Dreamer's body catches Jake Manning and he takes the fall. Um, that's only good for two. It's only good for two. Um, at one point, Jake Manning brings a tent, a tent into the ring from rings, not, not from under the ring, but from around the ring, oddly enough, from over, like slightly over the guardrail. So he planted a tent in the, he, he, pardon me, he pitched a tent in the, in the arena. Ha ha ha. So, (laughs) and he pulled out a kendo stick. And he got Dreamer with the Kendo Stick several times until Dreamer counter, counted, countered. See, I can't even talk today. I shouldn't be doing this right now. Countered a Kendo Stick shot, hits Jake Manning with a chair, lands the Dreamer driver onto the tent for the pin and the win. Um, this match, it got fun, but it started off super slow. Um, I'm going to give it two and a quarter. Again, maybe I'm being very liberal with my stars. Maybe I'm being very conservative with them. Maybe this match is higher by someone else's standard. You know, it's it's all... Here's the thing. The star system, it seems very arbitrary. 
So, you know, let's see what the consensus is, but I'm going to stick by two and a quarter. The next match, this was just from pure aesthetics. This looks like a mirror match. Okay, we had Eli Drake against Clayton Gaines. Gaines with a Z because he's cool. And Clayton Gaines looked like a JV Eli Drake, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> they had a pose down. And Clayton Gaines, he's very mobile. It's similar to Eli Drake, very mobile. And um, there's a lot of back and forth. Um, not a lot to write home about in the meat of, in the middle of the match. But towards the end, Eli Drake clears from one side of the ring to the other to go pick up Clayton Gaines from the top rope, drop him with a suplex, pick him up, land the gravy train, get the win, and the pin, and the payday, and probably the candy bar payday, because maybe Eli Drake wanted one. This was good for, let me see, I, I believe I said three stars here. Let me check just to confirm. I'm scrolling through. Yes, three stars. Next match. Maybe my match of the night. This was OVE, Sammy Callahan, Jake Christ, Dave Christ, Matt Seidel, Desmond Xavier, and Zachary Wentz, the Rascals. Three on three, tornado tag, very fast and furious, lots of high spots. There was even four topes in a row. Just four consecutive topes. At one point, there's a five-man Tower of Doom spot involving everyone except Jake Christ. Jake Christ grabs uh, Zachary Wentz from the Tower of Doom. He was at the bottom and power bombs him. That's only good for two. At one point, Sammy Callahan counters with Desmond Xavier Enziguri and kisses Desmond Xavier on the mouth. <laughs> I've heard about this spot, but I didn't think I would honestly laugh near as hard as I did. Um, <laughs> oh boy. There is a triple tombstone pile driver spot from OVE and Sammy Callahan. This is only good for two on each competitor. All all three of the uh, prone pinned competitors pin, uh, kicked out. Pardon me. Um, <laughs> OVE gets the win when Zach Wentz goes up to dive onto uh, Sammy Callahan, and Jake Christ catches him mid air for an ace crusher super cutter. Amazing match. It really was. Um, OVE even puts them over after the match, says, blah, 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 that was a great match, etc. Be proud of yourselves. The Rascals are amazing. Matt Seidel is amazing. Thank you, Matt Seidel. That was from Dave Christ. That match got 3.25 from me. And again, I reiterate once again, please let me know how you rated these matches. I would like to know. The next match on the show saw Jimmy Jacobs versus Pentagon Jr. This was a street fight, as voted on by the Twitch stream. This was a street fight for the Impact World Championship. Jimmy Jacobs was in full zombie princess garb, like a full-on prom dress with a, a bustier. I don't even know what the fuck those things are called. Um, <laughs> showing my ignorance here. Right after the bell, of course, uh, Pentagon plays to the crowd, as always, with Cerro Miedo, Thank you, Kyle Moore, as you're teaching me Spanish at a rate I didn't think imaginable. Um, and Jimmy Jacobs takes the opportunity to grab Pentagon's hand and kiss it. He kisses it again. And then from here, it was a hardcore mess. Really, like, that's the best way to describe it. And that's not to be derogatory about it. I, I highly enjoyed the match. At one point, Jimmy Jacobs sets up a wood board on the guardrail and ultimately goes to spear Pentagon through it, but it gets countered into a hip toss from Pentagon, and Jimmy Jacobs goes through the wood board. Okay, that was, 
wow. <laughs> oh, and by the way, just just for reference, the second um, uh, chop to the post that was from Tommy Dreamer versus Jake Manning. So chop to the chest of the opponent. Opponent ducks, hits the post. That's where that came from. Third one was here when Pentagon tried to do it. And, of course, Jimmy moved again. Oh, my goodness. Okay, and then Jimmy brings another board and a bevy of chairs into the ring. And Jimmy lands a spear on Pentagon through that board. So he, he accomplished his mission from the first board. Okay, and but that was only good for a two because... Of course, Pentagon's got to keep this championship somehow because, I mean, some of us know how this goes. But, <laughs> you know, let's not go on about that. Pentagon gets a gets Jimmy prone on the ropes. Jimmy counters with throat punches. Pentagon eventually fights back up, pulls Jimmy off the top rope, puts him on the board. Pardon me, pardon me. Pentagon sets up the board on the chairs that were right in a row by Jimmy Jacobs earlier, but yeah, the board on the on the chairs, and <laughs> Pentagon lands the Pentagon driver, the package pile driver, um, through the board, which in the process, it moves the chairs out of the way, which was kind of cool, you know, so maybe the spot didn't go as planned, but Jimmy Jacobs is still alive, thank God. <laughs> and this was good for the pin and the win, and Pentagon Jr. is still the Impact World Champion here. This match got three and a half from me. This is my match of the night. Um, again, not the best wrestling show of the year by any stretch of the imagination, but certainly not one I regret watching. I can tell you that. I may even go back and watch this later. I'm not sure. Um, an interesting note, and this was actually, pardon me, This that's the end of Pinta Does Iowa. Again, a show that I recommend, you, you know, maybe watch once, you know, if you're, not a regular Impact fan, and maybe you'll love it. Maybe you won't. I don't know. I'm going to give it a C plus. Not their best effort. This wasn't redemption, but it certainly was not bad. It was not. Um, it was, in my opinion, honestly, better than any of the pay per views they had last year. Just to be completely truthful, although they kind of set a low bar as well. You know, Don Callis and Scott Demore have done a lot for the company, and that's appreciated. First of all. Some of you may heard if you saw a table for three on the WWE Network uh, with AJ Styles, Shane McMahon, and Kurt Angle. This uh, was a wow, amazing kind of global wrestling network gets plugged at the end of the episode. So, you know, what does that mean? Is there some type of like working agreement here? Are we going to see more impact footage on WWE? What, what's going to happen there? I'm interested to see. I don't think, you know, some people, some of the more, some of the less initiated have speculated this might be the means of a sale. Um, I don't buy that for a second, to be honest with you. I mean, I think Anthem just got the product, so I don't think they're just going to sell it, you know, right now, just a year in. Um, also, uh, Happy Trails, uh, thank you for your time, Taiji Ishimori. Uh, he made his debut in New Japan Pro Wrestling. At Wrestling Dontaku Night 2, he attacked, of course, the incumbent junior heavyweight champion, Will Ospreay. Looks like we could be getting them at Dominion. That That's uh, a very promising card. Um, featuring, of course, TNA Impact alum Kazuchika Okada against Kenny Omega. Two out of three falls, no time limit. But I'm not going to step on keeping it strong styles, you know, toes here. That's, that's their show. They get to plug that, damn it. 
Okay, and last but not least, the Impact Rewind of the Week. This honor, this match I want you all to go out and watch, was from Hard Justice 2005, the inaugural Hard Justice pay-per-view. And again, it will be linked on my Twitter at SCLSPLX underscore Calby and at WrestlingWashSS. This is Jeff Jarrett defending the NWA TNA World's Heavyweight Championship against AJ Styles with your special referee, Tito Ortiz. This match was a banger. If Jeff Jarrett won here, he was presumably going to make it the full 365 days as NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. Um, he came up short because he got cocky. His entourage tried to assault Tito Ortiz. That didn't work. He tried to uh, punch Tito Ortiz. That didn't work. AJ Styles lands the spiral tap for the first time in three years at the point. I just gave away the finish, but I still want you to go see it, guys. I still want you to go and watch this if you haven't. It's a treat. This is peak AJ Styles. I mean, and I'm saying that, you know, as a guy who watches WWE regularly, this was peak AJ Styles here. I want you guys to go see that. Um, I thank you all for listening to this short, short podcast. 33 minutes, guys. Um, thank you all for listening. Again, follow me on Twitter at SCLSPLX underscore Calby. Follow the show at WrestlingWashSS. Follow at Social Suplex. Subscribe to the website to get updates on columns and podcasts and all of that. All of that good stuff. Guys, we're going to be selling the shirts here pretty soon as well. The social suplexer shirts, pardon me, that you might have seen us wearing at RevPro uh, with, in our picture with Dave Meltzer as well. Um, Uncle Dave, good guy. Uh, looking real jacked, by the way. Um, <laughs> join the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group. We want you there. We want more members there. Not Russian bots either, or, or bots of any nationality, to be completely honest with you. Armenian, German... Um, Australian, doesn't matter. Uh, no bots. We, we don't want bots, okay? Thank you all for listening. God bless you, and have a nice whatever time of day it is. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.